1: goes. Motto
2: of the show,
0: let your Greek flag fly.
1: Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here
0: are your hosts,
1: Kathy Kane and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to uh, follow the show on Twitter, you can follow me at Strict Anonymous or on uh, my, my personal uh, Twitter, which is at Cartoon Therapy. Uh, If you, uh, Cartoon Therapy used to be the name of my book. I wrote a book. It's like a cartoon book. It's like basically a stick figure book of like all, it's like short stories. It's like relationship stories gone awry. And they're my relationships. They're from like my, losing my virginity story until I'm uh, 40. And you know, it's one after the other. And so like maybe it would be annoying to read them all, but you don't really have to. It's kind of like a chapter book. You could read any chapter here or there every now and then and it's kind of like, really funny and it should make you feel better about yourself because my heart my relationships were really bad um but anyway so you can buy my book it's called the cartoon misadventures of a total train Reck and it's on amazon it's a kindle ebook i'm making it a hard copy book because that's like i think it, it reads better that way it's hard to read it on a kindle but uh it's available for like 2.99 on kindle you could read that buy that whatever if you want to um be on the show you could send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, I go to Craigslist and Adult Friend Finder, different places to get people on the show. But I love when listeners write in and call in or write in or email <laughs> um, and with their problems and I'll have them on. Uh, or just email me about your two sons, what you like about the show, what you hate about the show, what you think about the show, any of that kind of stuff. I love to hear from my fans all the time. And that's what I have on today. I have a guy, R.M., I think we're calling him R.M.? Uh, he wrote in just to tell me that he loved the show and he l- liked how I talked about how America is so prude a lot and how open mi- like how we're not open-minded and how people in Europe are much more open-minded about sex and how we're so uptight here because he lives, he has lived half his life here in America and half his life in Europe and he uh, definitely notices the difference and has lived the difference. Like, I mean, he was a swinger with one of his wives um, and uh, he's done that here too and there, but he finds out here, like... You know, even the people that are doing it, they're doing it like behind closed doors or people are really not really talking about it. And We go into all of that. I mean, he just wrote in to tell me about that stuff. But then when I found out he had such an interesting background, I'm like, do you want to be on the show? And he's like, OK, so we taped a show. And uh, that's what I have on uh, today. Today on my podcast. If you want to uh, subscribe, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, subscribe. And if you can write a review, I got a really good review from a guy recently the last review that I just got I forget what his name is I don't have my phone in front of me but he was good he wrote a really like honest review and I loved it he's something like you know he really likes the show and it's like getting advice from a good friend and he said like you know her advice isn't always right or good but that's okay like that's what makes it interesting and I love that because it's very honest and it's true I give unprofessional advice Uh, sometimes I really (laughs) know that people are probably horrified by what I tell people and stuff but you know like i say i always say i give unprofessional advice i'm not a therapist i just like to give people my opinions i do really like to help people actually most of the time i really am hoping to give somebody the right advice but you know i'm not perfect and uh that's just the way that it is and he's right sometimes my advice probably isn't really the best or right or whatever but that doesn't really matter because it's what we're really i'm sure you're really listening this podcast for is to just hear about other people's lives because that's what i would listen to it for i mean that's why i talk to these people because i find regular people really interesting um so if you think you're interesting or you have an interesting problem or an uninteresting problem or you just want to talk about sex call in and be on the show or you want to write a review just do all those things because i love all those things you could oh and write me a review on itunes Um, and so that's it. So I'm going to wrap up this intro because it's really late and I'm like going crazy. Oh, and there's something called a mercury retrograde. I'm assuming most of my listeners are guys and guys aren't really into astrology or anything astrological. And not that I really am totally. I mean, I kind of believe in astrology in that I really think that you could put people like into 12 categories. Like, and those are horoscope signs. Like I could ask people their horoscope signs and I could know if they tell me the horoscope sign. I know certain things about them right off the bat. And it's like a little scary that like I would love to be proved wrong. But every time I meet someone or even like with my nephews or like, I don't know, I see it so clearly. In people, their signs and like some like sort of traits to certain signs really go with people. So I do buy into it a little bit. And if you want to actually read my heart, I wrote horoscopes, my own horoscopes um, through my whole life asking people. I came to the conclusion of what each horoscope sign is. And I wrote some male, female horoscopes and they're on my website and they're kind of funny, but they're very true. And if you want to check them out, they're on my website called Kathy K. My website's is Kathy K.com, K-A-T-H-I. K-A-Y dot com. That's like a dead website that I started a while ago for my book. Um, But there's a bio on there if you want to know anything about me. Every single thing about me is in my bio. Uh, There is a chapter of my book. You could read if you don't want to buy the whole book. Read the one chapter. It's really fucking funny. It's a chapter that's not in the book. It's a true story and it's hilarious. Um, And then there's these horoscopes that I wrote on the blog. If you go to the blog page, I fucking hate blogs, but I had to put one on there. I think I maybe did like three... entries. (laughs) entries. <laughs> um, and one is the horoscopes that I wrote. So check it out if you want to know about yourself or somebody else. Um, but the thing that I was going to talk about astrologically that's going on right now is something called Mercury Retrograde that I just found out about a couple of years ago. And it really is a thing that happens. And it happens a couple times a year. And when it happens, things get really fucked up. Travel gets fucked up. Electronics get fucked up. Relationships get fucked up. And it's really true. I once, when I found out about Mercury retrograde, it was like after I had dated a guy for about a year. And when I looked back at the year and I looked back at each time we got in a fight and broke up before we got back together, it was always during retro, Mercury retrograde. That's just what happens. I um, mean, that's happening now. Mercury retrograde is happening now. And uh, it's fucked up like three of my podcasts. That one podcast I had where I lost 10 minutes of one of the podcasts. Another one, I taped 20 minutes of a podcast and then realized I wasn't taping it, so the poor guy had to retape with me. And then this one, I'm talking to the guy and my memory card goes full. And then I couldn't fix it and I didn't have another one and I had to tape the 10 minutes ending like another time. And this is the... So I just want to give a big shout out and fuck you to Mercury Retrograde. So fuck off, Mercury Retrograde. I'm so glad you're going to be over soon. And if you don't know what it is, look it up or be warned or figure out what it's gonna be or look back and and see it or and really like I swear to you it exists and it's terrible and uh and so that's that so anyway so that was all I want to say fuck you Mercury Retrograde and I'll be right back with RM uh to talk to him about all of his sexual
0: experiences both
1: in America and in Europe
0: You're on the Strictly Anonymous
1: podcast with Kathy. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you. Yourself?
1: I'm good. So, um, you know, we went back and forth with emails. You actually, like, I'm just going to explain to the listeners what the deal is. Like, you actually wrote in, your listener of the podcast, just to sort of, like, say that you like the podcast and, you know, uh, talk about how, like, because I talk a lot about how there's a big difference between, you know, people people's views about sex in Europe compared to America and how we're so prude here. And you're actually someone who lived half your life in Europe, half your life here. So you really know that difference. And you were saying I was right on the money and you went into some really interesting things about your life and what you did when you were in Europe, like you were a swinger, you talked about the nude beaches and being watched and being wa- like watching other people being watched, like a lot of stuff, like you said a lot of stuff in the emails that I, and I was like, Hey, you want to call in and explain all that stuff? Cause it's to me, it's really interesting, you know, especially because you have both sides of it, right? It's not like you only live there and you have an idea of how we are here and you have an opinion. You like, you've lived in both places. So you really know. So, you know, why don't you just start explaining like you did in the email to me, like what you experience in Europe when, you know, growing up or like how the, you know, and how sexuality is different there.
2: Sure. Uh, I spent about half my life in Europe, <clears throat> half my life in the U.S. And both as an adult and as a child. And uh, grew up in a fairly liberal environment. Uh, you know, parents from the 60s, that sort of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And... uh Europe, especially, is so much different than the U.S. is in very basic terms uh, when we talk about being liberal. Uh Uh, A really good example is television. You know, uh, they show R-rated movies, uncut, and primetime channels. And so, you know, you don't have to get pay-per-view to see nudity.
1: Oh, I didn't even know um, that. Right. And can they curse as well? Like, is it like language? Like, do they have that whole sort of thing like we have here, too? Yeah. You no,
2: know, it, it's 100% in right? its entirety. It, it's an uncut movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, Italy, if you go down to Italy from midnight to 6 a.m., they show soft porn right. on, you know, public television. And, you know, it, it's a gap in between time, but it's still it's, you don't have to have cable to have it,
1: right? It's on network um, TV. You're saying, right?
2: Yes, it's on mm-hmm. network TV, mm-hmm. and you know, even the commercials. There, uh, one of the probably most popular commercials for years was a Downy fabric softener commercial that shows this Italian stud muffin. Uh, wearing this plush, plush bathrobe, walking down to the end of a pier, he drops the bathrobe and you get this butt shot, and he jumps in the water.
1: Right, and that was and right.
2: Obviously, you know, housewives love the butt shot.
1: Right, totally. But that wasn't here in America. That's in Europe. You're saying, right?
2: That's in Europe. Right, right. Like think, you know,
1: yeah. We could never show that here.
2: That, no, you you wouldn't. Here, everything seems. much more puritanical yet under the covers it's not uh i I lived in the midwest and in a larger city and it was funny uh my wife and i at the time were laughing because while we were swingers and didn't advertise it and were very discreet due to my career Mm -hmm. um Everybody we ran into was uh seemed to be a swinger. So we, we had tons of uh, people that we met just at random that you know, were part of the lifestyle. Yet, yeah, you would never know anything about
1: them. Right, exactly. I mean, that's why I do this show, because that's what I always say. Like, you could be sitting next to these people out of the restaurants, or you're, you know, at a family function, and you're related to them, and you don't know what most people, a lot of people, not most people, but a lot of people are doing behind closed doors, sex, you know, sexually speaking, because people aren't allowed to talk about it. It's not like you say. It's not like they're not doing it. They're just pretending that they don't. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there are people are out there doing stuff that they do in Europe, or like, you know, but... It's just that they can't talk about it because people are so judgmental, so they keep it under wraps. So, well, let me just, though, go like a little bit into your history. So, your wife, who you met, who you were swinging with, did you meet her in Europe and, and then you guys moved here together? Was she American?
3: No, no. She
2: was European. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, we were together for uh, over 10 years.
1: Mm hmm.
2: And. Uh, I won't get into why we got divorced, but it had absolutely nothing to do with sex or swinging or anything like that. Right, right, right. You, were, um, were you
1: guys swingers from the start? Like, how did that come about in your relationship?
3: Yeah,
2: I started early in in life, if you want to call it early, uh, in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first person that I was truly in love with uh, turned out to... Also, be very into women. Hmm. She was totally
1: bisexual. The the first woman you were with, or like you yeah, felt she right. Was,
2: she, yeah. She, she was self uh, admitted bisexual, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it when we were first together, and and it sort of came out during the relationship. And yeah, you know, I was like, okay, well, what does that mean for for us? You know, right. well, for her, it meant you know I'd like to. Um. It was uh, one of these things where uh, her opinion on it was, well, I I only want women for sex. I don't want women for a relationship. They're too high maintenance. They're, you know, fun to go do something with every time, but I want to wake up to a man. Right. And so I was like, okay, uh, you know, so go out and have your fun every now and then and do your thing, and it is what it is, and and
1: you know and you were okay that with that. Thing. right
2: yeah and, and it progressed uh for my birthday she decided she'd like to do something nice for me so she brought home another woman for a threesome and also a lot of the women that she booked up with for sex mm-hmm. were married and it sort of progressed into trading and
1: swapping and everything so she right was fi- and, she was and she know, was fine but, with you screwing these other women it wasn't like because you know i get some callers who like they're you know there's rules you know everyone has different rules and regulations in, in that kind of a scenario right and sometimes the woman's like oh you know i don't want you to fuck that other woman you know but i could go yeah, do, yeah you know.
2: she was she, and
1: she was she okay was, with that right yeah
2: she was all right with that she was very and funny thing is she was american Um, so she was, oh, she was, oh, this was American
1: girl. I was thinking your wife, you said she wasn't, that was your wife. This is a girlfriend, right?
2: That that wasn't my wife, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that was the girlfriend. And, and so, you know, after a while we, we were young and we drifted apart and life, you know, took different turns for both of us. Mm -hmm. And eventually I met my wife and I'd still been in the lifestyle on and off, uh, back then in Europe. Right. And, um, we talked about it. You know, she, I didn't hide anything from her.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and initially it was, well, would I ever be enough for you? And, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I love you. And, you know, that's, I've had my fun. Right. Unlike other guys, you know, I'll never sit there and, and be like, oh, I wish I had this, or I wish I had a redhead, or I, <laughs> I wish I had a woman with big tits, because I've
1: had it. Right, or a threesome, so, you know, or right, every, anything, right, been there, yeah. done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, you know, she was like, okay, and as our relationship progressed, she kept asking me more questions. Well, what's this like or what's that like? And I was like, you know, I can explain it to you, but you're not going to know unless you actually try it.
1: Right, totally. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and and she, you know, being European, she was somewhat liberal. She wasn't judgmental about it. She right. just You know, was kind of like, eh, all right. So she tried it and ended up taking to it like a depth of water.
1: And when, it, when you say tried it, like, what was your first experience with her? Like, did you guys just pick up another woman or did you go to a swing club? Like, how, what was that first thing that you guys tried together when you crossed the line? Well,
2: our, our first thing was we went to a swing club.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and European swing clubs are a little different than here. In what you know, way? Actually, well, I think people actually go to have sex. Number one, <laughs> they're not just there to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit more upfront. You, know, you walk what do you up mean to upfront? somebody, you talk to them. Right. Well, you talk to them for a little while, and then you know the quick question that usually comes out is if like, you go to one of the you know, private rooms or mm-hmm. public rooms or something and, and go play. And you get it on, you right. Know, there's not a, yeah, there's not a, this, this I don't know, I think in American swing clubs there's more banter
1: Right, because you've, you've been to yeah. both. You've been to both, right? You've experienced both. Yeah. Let me ask you this real quick, because I've had this conversation with other callers. I don't know if you've heard the episodes where some people are going to swing clubs and like their wife can't find a good-looking guy. Like, and I'm always like, oh, come to New York because maybe you'll get better-looking in the swing. You know, better-looking people. Like, do you, is is there also a difference in like the sort of the type, like the type of person or the looks of the people that go in Europe since people are more open-minded? You get like hotter people there compared to the people in America, or no difference? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com. That's Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, Strictly Anonymous Podcast
2: I think it depends on the club. Right. And, and you know, to some extent, the country. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of like a nude beach. Sometimes people say, you know, the people that should never be on a nude beach are usually the ones you see. Right, Mhm. Yeah Yet yeah, you go to other nude beaches and some of the people are really damn hot. Right. And it, so, so I think it just boils down to
1: where you are are.
2: right, and Uh and also what do you find attractive
1: right but also Um, better looking people tend to like sort of populate in certain areas like whether it's a city you know what i mean and like places so if you go outside of those areas you're just going to get more average people or regular looking people right maybe because that's what i tell people you want hotter people come to new york city i'm sure there's people in new york city swinger swinger clubs are better looking than the ones in the middle of nowhere just, but people in New York I, I are better looking have, you, than people in the middle of nowhere to begin with.
2: I, I, th- I think it's just you have better volume.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe. Uh huh. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So, so you have you have more to pick
1: from. Right, but you do have better you know, looking people in in certain areas compared to others as well. I think. Just yeah, you That's know, a whole it, other conversation.
2: <laughs> well, there there is some of that, yes, and it's also depending on you know what do you find attractive. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm into tall blonde, so northern Germany and Holland and Sweden and Norway are lovely for me. Right.
1: You know, there's there's like no shortage of that. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, but I went to the you, only you know, new, the only nude beach I went to is in New Jersey um, with one of my boyfriends. Uh, when I was, like, in my early 20s, he was into it. He brought me along, um, and that was my first experience. And we went every weekend for that one summer that we were together, and... Uh, it, because it was a jersey, like, I found that, like, I didn't see, it was maybe, like, one out of every 30 was hot. Like, it was just regular people sort of walking around naked, you know, and... Sure. Um, I found it interesting because I'm very curious and so for me it was like so much more interesting to see like regular people naked because like I was like you know anyone could see like a, everyone knows what a hot person looks like naked right because like you have porn and you you know what I mean like but I never knew what like a really overweight person looked like totally naked or a really old old man naked like I found that kind of stuff interesting but that was just like you know the curious side of me I thought it was there was definitely a turn on in the for the fact that like you're you know the exit exhibitionist in you right I think everyone has a little bit in that uh, you know in themselves so it was like hot to just be naked like in public in front of people Um, but yeah it wasn't like so many good-looking people but you had a couple you know just like anything else if you go into a bar you know same sort of ratio like you said anyway so you guys what was your first experience we got so off topic Uh, what was the first experience between you and her you took her to a swingers club right
2: yeah we we went to a swinger's club and she we met another couple uh mm-hmm. at at first we had problems you know finding an attraction to anybody in the club okay and you know she was nervous and but also you know she was a very good looking woman and most guys were average below average and uh then a gentleman walked in that you know was very distinguished looking. Uh, his wife was exceedingly attractive. She looked like uh, somebody that, you know, could be a movie star or something, but older. Mm-hmm. You know, that green temple kind of look. And um, he we talked, and he was friendly, and she was friendly, and we decided to go to one of the kind of nooked out of the way areas and he was very good at what he did and my wife enjoyed the crap out of it and so it was okay and And for you you got so into it that uh probably we gathered an audience of about 10 to 15 20 people just watching right because she just kind of went into the whole moment of it if you want to call it that.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And really got off on it.
1: Right. How old and, were you guys so at that from, point in your relationship? Like you guys are already married and stuff. How old were you? We when, were
2: ready. We were we were already married. We were in our early thirties.
1: Okay, cool. Uh-huh.
2: And so you know, it it was it was a nice experience and we went home and we talked about it and uh nothing else happened for a while.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And then um, I had friends of mine that were also in the lifestyle that came to visit for a weekend and uh, we had a hot tub and we were all sitting in the hot tub. And the next thing I know, my he was sitting there with his wife and kind of making out a little bit.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And my wife got up and walked over to him and said, Hey, do you need a hand for her? And she said, Oh, please right so, and and from that moment on i guess it was
1: open season like a for more, regular,
2: all. Th- right. more regular well, yeah but it was a more regular thing in our life uh-huh. you know it didn't happen every week but probably you know once every month or two we'd find somebody or do something or you know that sort of thing
1: Right. And besides the, like the swingers clubs, did you have a lot of friends that were in the lifestyle that you knew before you were with your wife? I'm assuming that's where these friends were from. Or did you like, did you ever do what people do now is like post ads online and go looking in sort of forums like that. Or did you guys strictly like, did you already know people or get meet people at the swingers club?
2: Well, that was pre internet. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the websites that we have today didn't exist. I mean, you could do it through a magazine or something. Um, but there were clubs and places and things mm-hmm. and ways to meet people. You know, we we met people at a nude
3: beach sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, we got hit up all the time at the nude beach. Everyone was very into, like, it was a whole, like, I've talked about this. It was like a whole nudie community. Like, they did nudie boat rides and nudie parties. You know, it was like, hard, a lot of people were really hardcore. Yeah. You know, it was a whole lifestyle. We,
3: we, yeah,
2: I, I can remember we were in Nikonos, Greece, and uh sitting on the beach there and we got hit on by the couple to the right of us and to the left of us.
1: really and which and one did you screw both of them
2: actually neither really how come uh yeah we we were just on vacation and we had things we wanted to see and things we wanted to do and it, it just you know wasn't one of the things that was on our list uh
3: we eventually well
2: did meet a couple of while while there that we did partner up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice lady from Liechtenstein.
1: Right. And and, and her husband and, or her boyfriend?
2: And her husband. hmm but, it, but that was a strange one, too, because her husband just sat back and watched.
1: I was just going to ask you, you know, what you like, what you do. I know like your your girls that you've been with, the women you've been with, have been bisexual, right? So I'm assuming they're getting on with the women, they're getting on with the men. What about you? Like, how far do you go? Have you, I mean, do you just play with the women? Do you, are you bisexual at all yourself? Or what's your deal?
2: No, I'm not bisexual. I'm not homophobic, but uh, I just don't get anything out of it. Right. Uh, Had one experience where we were swinging with a couple, and I was uh, going down on her. Mm -hmm. And I thought my girlfriend was going down on me (laughs) at the time, and it turned out to be him. But... You know, what am I going to do, get up and pound it? No, you know, it it felt good at the time.
1: Right, uh uh-huh, yeah, I mean, like, that's what's so interesting, like, you know, because... And the
2: funny part was, she was down there watching the whole time, so every time I looked up, all I could see was her head, so I kept thinking it was
3: her.
1: (laughs) So, right, so you just went there in your mind, because, like, you have, like, I mean, her mouth, his mouth, it's the same thing, it's a mouth, right? So, you were just... Yeah, sex. Right, so in your head, you put it that it was a woman and it was okay with you, and you came... From yeah, that you know,
2: it, it's you get four people in a bed,
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, you're going to get touched by another guy. Right, exactly. Well, they, they call it crossing swords
1: swords. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, you know, if you're that homophobic, you shouldn't be doing it to start with.
1: Exactly. But you're totally not bi at all. I mean, if you were, you would be no. doing it. Right. I,
2: you know, it, I just don't, I'm not physically attracted to another guy. Uh-huh. And and I have had a lot of gay friends.
1: Uh huh. What about I've, trannies? Had, what about a really hot woman with like a dick? A tranny? Have you ever gone there? I've never done it. I've
2: never, I've never run into a really hot tranny. You know, uh-huh. I guess you know that that's maybe the bigger thing. I you know I I've known guys that cross dress. Right. And but that's not a tranny. Right. So. What's the difference
1: with guys that are trannies like they have like the they they have the surgery like I always think like a tranny and a crossdresser could be the same thing or could not because a lot of trannies have they don't cut their dicks off like they still have a dick but maybe they have breasts. No, no, they
2: they, they, they still have their genitals but Uh in most cases they've started to do things to cross over into being a woman. Right, you like know, whether hormones it's hormone and stuff. Shots, right. uh, or, you know, breast implants or other sort of stuff.
1: There's a guy, go- there's one, done- there's one, you know, I started doing a podcast because I'm friends with Robert Kelly, who's like a big comedian who has a network, a podcast network, and he's got a lot of podcasts and he hosts one on his network called, it's Bailey J. That's, uh he's a tranny, she's a tranny. Um, and she's really beautiful. I was at a party this weekend with Dr. Guy. I don't know if you listened to his message. I mean, his episode, Dr. Guy is a total womanizer. We went to uh, Robert Kelly's party, and Bailey J. the Tranny was there, and she's, like, so hot. My guy was, like, just drooling over the whole time. It's like... (laughs) So funny, but I mean, she looked really great. She's just like a really attractive girl, but she's a guy, but she just happens to be like, you know, as a woman, she happens to be very sexy looking, just the way her features are, you know. Plus, she has like big breast implants and she's cute, you know.
2: Well, well, I used to laugh. Some of the friends that I had that were gay and would cross dress at times looked better than some of the women I dated.
1: Yeah, I was a little pissed because it was a massive rainstorm and I'm at this party and I look like shit and this guy looks better than me as a woman. Do you know what I mean? Like I have to worry like my guys checking her out because she looks better than I do at this point, you know? So, yeah, that could happen. A lot of these trainers are really beautiful. You know, because, listen, think about a lot of women that are are really beautiful. Like, they have masculine faces because they have really great bone structure. You know, some of, like, the top models, like, would be very handsome men, you know. They have that really, like, sort of androgynous look. So, you put some makeup on some, like, handsome men, you know, and they would make really beautiful women. Just the well, way that I, it goes. I,
2: I don't doubt it. I say. Never say never. I've just not personally. Right, you're not by thing.
1: at all. But you said like you've done really like everything. And with your wife, you guys. I mean, when you say your parents were pretty open minded, or like, were they in the lifestyle? And that where you learned it? Like, how did you get? Like you said, no, always no, been they, in
2: they, they weren't. Uh, they they've been married for probably a hundred years.
1: But how did um, you start to get into it as a like when you were younger? Because you said you well, were into like it I before did. you met that girl who was by, right? You were already a part no, no, of the lifestyle. But I met
2: no, I, I was in my early twenties when I met the girl that was by, uh-huh. she's the one that really got me into the
1: lifestyle. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was it when your was, wife you was, were was, already lifestyle. right? So she got you into yeah. it. Yeah, I think that that's great. I think though that, um and so after your wife, you're not married now, right? Like, what's your deal now? Are you dating anybody? No,
2: uh, yes. And uh, she's not in the lifestyle. Uh huh. Um, I, I guess good term would be I sort of fade in and out of the lifestyle over the years. And you know, I, I'm in my 50s now.
1: Uh
2: huh. And got the "been there, done that" T-shirt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
2: you know, so for me. It's, it's not something that I'm missing greatly
3: uh-huh.
2: and you know I'm still I think in pretty damn good shape for in you know, my 50s and
3: uh,
2: have had the opportunity to you know go out with much younger women and that sort of thing and at the same time I just prefer quality over quantity now uh huh and, and it's for me. It's more about um, connecting with somebody mm-hmm. at a more metaphysical level than just sex. I mean, right. you now sex is fun. It's really great, and luckily I've got a partner that never says no and is very creative. And um, how long have you guys you know, been dating? She, she says about five years,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, you know, it's. With her it's just a matter of um, there's some geographic issues and other things but uh functionally speaking she's a wonderful woman and
1: uh, does she satisfy shy you shy are you anonymous shy of doing multiple yeah okay
2: oh,
1: yeah. uh-huh that's great I think she's have-
2: shy of doing try doing multiple people she'll she's up for anything I want to try so you know
1: Right. That's great. Okay. I think, isn't there something like relaxing about being in the place that you're at and like, you know, compared to like, like, cause like you say, you like been there, done that. It's not like you're like older and you just can't like get it up anymore or you can't get what you want anymore. So, and you're just home jerking off or wishing that you had all these experiences. I mean, like you've really been there, done that. You've had everything. You've had so much sex. You were in open marriages that were successful. So it must be kind of relaxing to be a little bit older and be, you know, get to be a little bit more picky or just look for other things in life. Right. Instead of being so sort of, you know, focused on sex and chasing tail and getting more women and, you know, being frustrated because you're not doing what you want.
2: Yeah, you know, it, and I think for me, a lot of the experiences, because it was Europe, mm-hmm. weren't, weren't chasing tail. They just happened. Right. Uh, my, my wife and I one time were, Germany's got nude public pools.
1: Mm-hmm. And like the regular pools, the family yeah, pools, it's, right. It,
2: yeah, like a municipal pool, like mm-hmm. a family pool. Right. Either one night a week will be nude, or they've got uh, some pools that are nude every night of the week. And, and so, you know, we're, we're at this really large public pool, mm-hmm. and there's a area to swim out from the inside to the outside where you're under the stars. Right, and it makes this huge like cloverleaf pattern. Mm-hmm. So it was middle of summer. We swam out. We're under the stars. It's like eleven thirty at night. And this other couple you know swims out and they come up next to us, and we were just kind of sitting there on this little wall when the woman reaches over and starts jacking me off. Now we hadn't said two words to each other, oh
3: my
1: god
2: and i and I looked over at her, and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I must have gotten the wrong cock." <laughs>
1: I mean, were you
2: in a well, I was getting there. Right, right, Interesting. And, and, and my wife, who takes everything in stride, just looks over at her and says, that's all right. It happens to them all the time. <laughs> just
1: finished.
2: <laughs> and, and she goes right back to jacking me off.
1: Interesting. Like, that is so different. I mean, that might happen here in a gay club with a man to another man. But, like, I, you know... That would be really hard to find in in America. I feel like. I mean, first of all, she's very ballsy because, like, what if your wife freaked out? But I'm I'm assuming because it's Europe that that people just assume that that's okay. Like, I mean, and something like that can happen. I think
2: people feel other people out. You right. know, we were like, you know, sitting there on the edge of thing, we're kind of holding each other and being romantic, and right. You know she she came came over and was kind of, you know, standing there, and we smiled, and they smiled, and next thing you know, okay. I, I do not like it happens like that all the time. you right, We've exactly. probably been to that pool 150 times, 200 times, and, you know, that never happened before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, you did see people do things like that. You know, I, I probably, one out of two times that I went to New Beach, somebody was having sex
1: someplace right of course be my guy had sex on the beach someplace we found a place but did you i mean recently it was like horrifying and that there was a couple that had sex on a beach recently and they got busted you hear about that and they're like being put in jail for many i mean it's like crazy like crazy you know i mean these were consenting adults having sex with each other you know um and uh they're getting put in jail like it's like kind of insane maybe there's facts about it that i don't know you know but it's so like crazy but like that would not happen in germany right people no, I'll would be put no. in jail for that i mean like that's like really yeah. ridiculous but when you get here and you've been here you meet people that are doing all that stuff right like you said but they're like cheating and they're like hiding it but like when you sort of would open up to people is that when they'd admit it to you
2: yeah you know my especially at the time that we were living in the midwest my my wife was uh not as americanized as i was Mhm. You know, it was her first time here and stuff. And so when we first moved, as we were building a house, uh, we were renting. Uh-huh. And, and she actually asked her landlord, Is it is all right if a uh bathed topless in the backyard? Right. And he's like, Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. You know, because they lived right next door. Right. And his wife is like, What?
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, know, What about his wife?
2: <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's, you just run into things like that. Exactly. Or, um, you know, we we were in the, on the West Coast, and we were out hiking in one of the national parks.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And, and we get up to a meadow, and, and there's a couple that were laying on a blanket and taking some raised nude and, you know, enjoying themselves a little bit. And it was funny, all these hikers were coming by and they're taking pictures or they're...
1: Like secretively, you mean?
2: Yeah, right. you know, like on their cell phones and stuff and ooh and ah and, and we're like, that's the big deal, <laughs> you know?
1: Right, exactly. Uh,
2: but, it, but you know, you got you got all these people that acted like they've never seen a new person before. Instead they of haven't. Just, you know, okay. And probably they, most of them haven't.
3: They got naked.
1: Yeah, but they haven't. That's the that's a fact. Like most people have not. I mean, you know, they just they don't. I think that it's just the way that it that it is in America. I mean, I know I have Swedish friends. I live in New York, so I have friends from all over the world, you know, and I know my Swedish friends are like they went nude sunbathing with their families their whole life. You know what I mean? Everyone was naked. Like that's just normal there, you know? It's so different. Even like marriage is different. Like I've talked about this, like they have those living apart together marriages in Holland, right? Like they call them lat relationships or whatever. You know, it's every, a lot of things are set up very different. And I think that they're set up in a way that it works a lot better than it does here. You know, I mean... I don't think that we, you know, we think we're so sort of progressive in so many ways and ab- uh, ahead and above everybody else in the world, yet I think that we're so behind in certain ways. You know, I think, you know, in Europe I hear, I mean, because we talk about cheating a lot on my podcast and stuff, and uh, I know in Europe it's very common for men to have, like, a mistress, right, or another lover, or they're doing what you guys do, and there is no need for that. I mean, you never had to have... Mistresses, or there was never sort of an issue for you whether you were monogamous or not because you could do you were able to be with other people and have variety that you might have craved if you were in a monogamous relationship with one person your whole life
2: yeah i think when people cheat it's for a host of different reasons there was an article i read once that said uh men and women only cheat when they're happy in a relationship oh really they they don't they, they don't cheat when they're unhappy, because when they're unhappy, they're so focused on getting out of the relationship or mm-hmm. what they need to do to fix it that, that they don't. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's kind of this dichotomy, if you will. If you're really happy with somebody, well, why did you cheat on them? Well, you know, you're happy and you feel safe and secure, so, you know, you want something that is exciting.
1: Yeah, just a little and, variety.
2: And think, yeah, it, well, I think with a lot of people, when they cheat, it's because... At work or through other means, mm-hmm. the internet or whatever, they run into people that fill a need that their mate no longer does.
1: Right, exactly. So you're
2: married for 10 years, your husband is not is taking you for granted, he doesn't bring you flowers, or he doesn't talk to you or compliment you or do mm-hmm. other things anymore. And And life is very normal for lack of a better term you know you get into this groove but you're you're not on best behavior anymore
1: right exactly Uh
2: and and so at work you get this work husband or this work wife and they're on a different behavior you're complimenting each other you know you're flirting and it's exciting and you think you gotta take it and roll in the hay a little bit to fulfill you know some other part of you that is is doing that
1: mm-hmm. No, when you've been or, with your, your part, when you've been with your partners because you were married you know for however many years how long have you been divorced for and single or just uh, separated
2: a bunch now we were married I'll say 15 years
1: But so like, so in your relationship, so in your relationship since, I know you're dating somebody now for five years, but were there people before that? Like, is it very easy for you now since your wife to be monogamous because you've had so much or have you had most of your partners besides this one be open to you being with other people? No,
2: I'd say about half my partners have been in the lifestyle and half my partners haven't. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I don't look at people from that perspective. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's European in me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like going to a sauna in Germany or uh, Norway or Sweden or Holland. It's nude and it's co-ed.
1: Right. So sauna, really?
2: Yeah. And and so, you know, and it, Sometimes they'll have separate male and female days or times. But generally speaking, you know, 90% of the time it's coed, Right. And, and, and you don't think anything of it. You just drop your towel onto the, and you're not wearing bathing suits like in the U.S. Right. It's nude.
1: Right, like so, really so nude. You, not it, even like a G-string bottom for the woman, right? Like just they're very nude. Yeah,
2: nothing, nothing. Right. You know, I've turned around and had pussy right smack in my face. You know? Right. Um, but they, they don't think anything of it. They think it's humorous and unsanitary that Americans wear clothing into the zone
1: Right, really?
2: You're, you're sweating all the time. How's your body going to breathe and defoliate, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: all this. Yeah, the nudity is,
3: oh, no biggie.
1: Right, exactly. And And they were raised that way. I mean, it's like in their family, too. I mean, it's not like, oh, you become an adult and you start taking your clothes off. I mean, like, this is just, like, the way people are raised, right?
2: Yeah, and and it's starting to change a little bit. Really? I don't know if it's through movies or the Internet or whatever, but I saw a report. I was back in Europe here a couple months ago Mm -hmm. that um, the younger generation in the European countries are now a lot less accepting of nudity and not into the whole um, nude beach thing and stuff like the older generation
3: was.
1: That's interesting. I wonder what's making, what's why it's changing, and like you know how how that will affect them. I mean, listen, things are changing here for younger generations are very different. Um, but you th- like, I mean, what is the deal with marriage and like relationships, like in Europe compared to here? Like, do they tend to last longer? Is the rate of divorce like as high as it is here? Or do people have better relationships? Do you feel there because of all the stuff that we've talked about that people are open to, or? Do they still have sort of the same issues? I,
2: I think it's about the same. Um, I've got a lot of European friends, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I've heard a lot from men in their 40s and 50s is that European women have really changed.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: they they become much more Americanized, uh, you know, they want a life and a career, and they don't want to take it and um, be a traditional life like uh, the 50s was.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, and, and Europe is very homogeneous. Uh, women, you know, are still expected to get dinner on the table and do the bulk of the housework and all this sort of stuff. And, and you know, European women, like American women... We want a more balanced life
3: mm-hmm.
2: and there's I, I don't think anything wrong with that right but at the same time so now the European men are looking at Eastern Bloc women because to them they're more traditional
1: oh you mean like the Russians it, and everything
2: yeah like Russians or mm-hmm. Romanians like European right Czechoslovakians,
1: right because um, they're still traditional they'll be right behind yeah, the Europeans just, changing eventually too <laughs> those women. <laughs> Yeah, they will. Yeah,
2: and and but for now, at least, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're still in that that mode, right? And I think, you know, I just I'm just going through it in my mind mm-hmm. of the men that I know that have more traditional wives in their relationship, mm-hmm. uh, tend to probably be less divorced.
1: Right, and what what about your wife? Was she very traditional? Like, what was your deal with oh, her? Oh God, no! We don't need to. Oh, she wasn't <laughs> right.
2: No, she she was um, somebody from a very um, privileged lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That I took it and um, perpetuated. How's that?
1: Right, because you're you're you make a lot of money. You're very successful. I think you're right. Like, is that your deal too as well? So that's why you you're saying you perpetuate. Well, I'm it? comfortable. Right? Uh huh. And
2: and so you know, for her, you know, one of her big challenges or problems was self worth. And my thing is always, well, you know, it's really hard to measure self worth when you're doing it by how much shopping you're doing
3: in a week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: you, know, you,
2: know, right. you know, so I think people need something that gives them value as an individual.
1: Totally. Uh-huh.
2: For some people, for some people, it's work. For some people, it's, you know, doing something for a charity or causes or something uh-huh. for others it's you know. Um,
1: family, children. Do you guys have, do you have children with your ex-wife?
3: No.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, for sure. People need something that is fulfilling for them. Or that's what I think sometimes like, you know, some people that are running around when sex is like an addiction, because I do believe that there is sex addiction, you know, is, uh, you know, they're trying to fill a void, you know, and sometimes that's what it's about. But, you know, in your case, what we're talking about, it's just sex for sex. And it's sex as a like a positive, okay thing. And I think it's great in Europe that like women like I mean, because, look, you like were with your wife. You saw her fucking other guys, other women. And like you didn't change your feelings about her. I think a lot of women, unfortunately, especially here, you know, there's that whole slut thing. You know, you're a whore. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, women would never think to do something like that, even if they secretly fantasize about it, it. or maybe they never did, but if they were in the position, they would maybe like it. How do they even know? Because they would never even go there in their mind because they would feel that men or their man would totally look down on them you know what i mean there's this whole thing like oh you know women aren't supposed to like sex like it's a weird thing put on women especially here in america it's like you know yet the guy wants a lot of sex yet he doesn't want the woman he's married to be really into sex like it's just some ridiculous sort of double standard thing that definitely goes on and causes problems too but i think it's great when women meet a guy like you who's like you know, totally still sees her as his wife and as his girl. You know what I mean? And You don't change your opinion of her, you know, because she was into that stuff. Whereas I think a lot of men would, at least American men, for sure.
2: Well, I think it, it was funny. My my wife used to have American girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And and they would be like, you know, uh, could never imagine swimming. You know, that, that was just ultimate taboo. But they went out and they cheated on their husband at the same time, <laughs> right? right. And, and and my wife used to laugh. Where's that different than swinging, except for you're lying about it?
1: Exactly, your wife is exactly right. It it like what's the difference with those women? Sort of, you know, going out there and doing that. To me, it's worse. Honestly, I judge people. Worse and I've said this on my podcast before like I'm more judgmental to people who lie and are you know being like really covert about things and like hurting people knowingly than people that just want to do whatever they want sexually you know what I mean like I don't think that that's really that bad if you want to go screw with a, d- a bunch of people and be swingers but when it, the sad thing is, is that people have to cheat because of whatever and then they do and they think that that's like any better than being a swinger you know what i mean people would be judgmental maybe they were like you said like your friend's wives were they were they like they were horrified that she was a swinger right yet they're cheaters i think they're worse as cheaters is what i'm trying to say
2: (laughs) no i i agree i think you know anything that two people can agree upon that is consensual and they enjoy doing and it's out in the open. That's one thing. Um, and in my mind, perfectly okay. But when one of the others has to take it and lie to them about, to the other partner about something, uh, you've just lost all basis of trust in a relationship. So why even stay together?
1: I know it sucks. But you know what I think why people stay together is I think that people don't, lose trust because people are able to sort of look the other way. I don't believe, I mean, there are certain guys that I'm friends with that, I mean, it's so obvious to me, they're massive cheaters. I don't know how their women trust them. And I don't think that they trust them. I think on some level they must know, but I think that they... They allow themselves, or they you know, they live in enough denial so that they could have what they want, which is that guy, that marriage, that security, whatever it is that they're getting out of it. and they turn their back. That's what I think. or maybe they're just that stupid. I don't know. I sometimes wish I was. I don't know no, no, right? I don't know.
2: I agree I agree I agree with you. I've got uh, a, an acquaintance right now who's going through divorce after fifteen, twenty years of marriage. And his thing is, they both cheated on each other throughout the marriage, and neither one of them has trusted each other from day one. Right, but somehow and, and yet they stayed right. together for fifteen, twenty years. You know, it's it, it counterintuitive to me, but you know, maybe that's part of, uh, you know, what makes a difference between the U.S. and Europe. Yeah, in, in Europe women know that their husband is uh, going to have a mistress right. in spain it's readily accepted in italy you know it's you know you just know it's going to happen
1: Right, and, and the women and
2: part of their culture.
1: Let me ask you this though, because I do believe that cheating is the worst. Like, and I've said this before too, is that like cheating sort of pits women against each other, right? Because that you know it's uh, they're all sort of vying for that guy, or they don't want their friends to fuck their guy. Like, it's a it's a terrible thing mostly for women, right? And so I'm just wondering how that plays out for women in these cultures. Are the are the women like a very like against each other because there is that sort of knowledge that oh that woman could be fucking my guy, or are they more are cool with each other because they're open to it and they allow for it?
2: I don't know. You know, that's a great question. I think to some degree they're they're probably less judgmental about it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Are, Are they happy about it? No, I don't think any woman's happy if her husband goes out and has somebody on the side and but it in those cultures, you know, it's, it's an accepted thing.
1: Right. My uh, thing I can is, is, I remember I, when, I was,
2: when yeah. I was living in Texas uh-huh. and the, the mayor got caught having an affair.
1: Uh-huh.
2: He was Latin, right. you know, Mexican. Uh-huh. And, and when they asked, you know, a lot of the constituency in the town about it, you know, a lot of them, you know, huge uh, Hispanic population. For them, it was, where's their problem? you know that's part of our culture we all do it and right. even the women didn't didn't see that as a uber negative
1: Right, but because they the, accept you know, the, the, it. They're taught to accept that. I mean, that's just the way that it is. They don't look down on a man yeah. or think he's any less of a man or whatever because for them it's acceptable. I personally think because I hate, you know, I'm always like I wish I was born a man. Like if I could come back at anything and then my next lifetime I'm like, I'm coming back as a man because it's just a lot better in a lot of ways. And I just, as a woman, I feel like the whole cheating thing, and there's a lot of things that sucks about being a woman. And the whole cheating thing is one of them because like I said, I really believe that cheating is the worst for the women, mostly not just because, I mean, I I believe it makes us and keeps us in the weaker sex position because it pits us up against each other. It keeps us hyper fixated on our man, right? Because we're so worried we could lose him, you know, to any tits and ass that walk by, right? So that we're, it makes us more into the guys, I think. I really do. I think it creates all of this nonsense that we have to deal with.
2: In my opinion, I think it's just because some women are more insecure than others are. You know, it's just like it's guys like, wait, that worry about it. You usually you know, usually the guys that are the most jealous are the most insecure.
1: Right, but and, it's also, wow. it's not, a, most of the time I don't find, I don't know, most of the time I find that the women that are kind of crazy about it and kind of nutty about it are with the guys that are doing it. I, You know what I mean? Like, it's rare that you find a woman. It's very rare that I meet a woman who's married to a really good guy that has no mistress. Because there are some guys that don't cheat. I know them. You know, I, ha- I have tons of guy friends, so I know. There, there's a small percentage, but there are some guys that are able to remain monogamous it's not a lot of them but they're out there and you know the women that are married to them aren't like freaking out insecure thinking they're cheating on them all the time the most of the women that i know that are insecure and freaked out that their guys cheating on them it's because their guys are it's with the women that are with the guys that are cheating on them it's that it's all the secrecy to me what i believe is the best is when people get to a certain place like either we we have to be in polygamy has to be okay or it has to be like what you did with your wife which I, that's what I aspire to at some point or think is actually best for both the woman and the man. Whereas there is an open relationship together where you swing or you do it. Instead of this thing where you say in Spain where they have a mistress and the woman knows she doesn't really like it, but she puts up with it. I want a world, or I want to come back as a woman during a time where... That happens, but the woman's like, I don't care. Like, she's doing the same thing or whatever it is where it's like an equal thing where the woman is not, like, not really happy, but she deals. Like, I think with you and your wife, like, it wasn't like your wife was unhappy with what you were doing and she was just swinging with you because you wanted to and you were her husband and she felt like she had to. She did that because she wanted to as well. You know, and I think that that's, like, healthy in a way. That's what I believe. And and that worked for both of you. And I think that that's great.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think part of that goes back to, you know, the differences in sexuality between Europe and here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it goes to generational differences, I think goes to a lot of different things. You know, uh, you look at the number of women today that openly admit to being bisexual or uh, at least bi-curious,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and... The younger generation outnumbers, you know, the older generation massively.
3: And totally. So I think things there's all
2: changing. these nuance nuances that happen as things become acceptable in society. Or um,
1: totally, it, there will be a time where it changes for guys too. Being bi. I mean, that will happen eventually. People don't think it will, but it eventually is going to happen, right? Where, uh, you know, just like well, well, with Well,
2: I think it's a well, I think it's already happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's much you more can't acceptable.
2: watch a movie anymore without there being male-male contact. Right. You know, you know, you got Brokeback Mountain, you've got... You know, when uh, Brokeback came out, but oh, I'm
1: sorry, but even when Brokeback what, came out, that was still like a... a th- thing where it was like oh my god two guys making out and rolling around it's a lot it's getting a little bit more acceptable but it's still not like the way it is for women where all of a sudden it's shifted and changed where women like are making out and they're like oh i have a girl crush and every girl's admitting she's bi but not a lot of guys are yet are admitting that they're bi i think the younger generation are a little bit more open um but i don't think you see that yet and i don't think when broke mountain came out it was That was maybe like a a very, it was very bold of them to do that. But I know a lot of guys that were like horrified by that movie. But I think now, 10 years later, it is very different. And I think you're right. There's a lot more guys that are gay and they're out and gay marriage is more legal. And look at what Bruce Jenner is doing. It's like amazing. I think I'm all for all of that stuff coming out just because I think it's better that, listen, I wouldn't have a show if we weren't so uptight and people didn't have secret lives because no one would find it interesting, you know. But I think that you know when people are able to express themselves sexually openly and be and be and and be okay with it, here it will be a better world. And I think marriage will be better because like there's just a lot of like emphasis put on sex and a lot of judgment and a lot of issues and problems that come through sex. And uh, but it's too but I think there will
2: all, there will thing. always
3: be
0: no, no, I
2: I agree. I think there will also always be a level of taboo on something for someone.
1: Right, and you want Whether that a little bit, right? Because that's what makes it hot. I mean, I t- I always say, like, cheating sex, unfortunately, is really good in a weird way. You know, it has that rush attached to it, right? Unfortunately.
2: You know, it, everything that's, you know, uh, there's a, Europe, a German saying that stolen food is the best food,
3: you know. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, it, 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 you know, it, it's just, um, you know, stolen apple is the sweetest or whatever it is. And, you know, it's just one of those things that is ingrained within us that anything taboo or illegal or immoral or unethical has that, that level of excitement and risk and something else going to it.
1: And totally, that's totally. What
2: so then you know, you know what I'm still coming.
1: Right. So then you know what? Even if I come back in another life five hundred I'm still coming back as a man then because it's gonna be the same shit. And uh, I think that <laughs> men still will still be getting to have a little bit more fun sexually than women because uh I, I think it just skews in that in that way. But you
2: know, I, I'm not sure that men have more fun sexually than women do. I, I think um it's actually much easier for a woman to find somebody to have sex with.
1: I know, but um, she doesn't. Right? Absolutely. But men like the chase. Okay, but
2: please. it's 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 the mental block. If if men and women's mentalities were reversed, then uh, functionally, uh, I think uh, women would be. In a much better situation.
1: I know, but that's never going to happen. It's, that's not gonna, it's not reversed. It's not reversed. Like the truth is, the it's, fact No, is it's, it's not. not. It, right. It's just,
2: it's, it, it, and part of that is, you know, ingrained in our DNA and how, you know, people are overall and also brought up. And, you know, face it, a, a lot of what we go through has to do with, um, this ingrained uh, Christian belief or religious belief of what's moral and immoral,
3: yeah, and it and doesn't I,
2: really matter whether whether you're you know Jewish or okay. Christian or Muslim or whatever. A, a lot of the faiths have similar tenets about sexuality and and what's acceptable and what isn't.
1: Yeah, and I also think on another level too, the thing that I love about. Human beings, is that we're, we are animals, right? And I love, like, the male-female-animal thing that is always going on as well. You know, there there's that aspect, too. And that's just, you can't get rid of that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know... We could go on and on discussing this stuff. It's always so fascinating to me. What I loved was the fact, you know, because you wrote in as a guest, like just as a listener of the show, you're a fan of the podcast. And then you were telling me like the stuff that you do and how it's so different. So for me, it was just interesting to hear about, you know, your different experiences and the stuff that you've done because, you know, living in Europe and how it's compared America and I think if you have to be with a, a, a guy as a woman, like I think you know what you did with your wife is like the healthy way to swing. You know, if there if there is that, I think people wonder if that exists, and I believe that it does, and it's like the way that you did it. And you know, thanks for calling in and sharing that because that's what I think. You know, if you're, if you're going to, or if you want an open relationship, that's the way it should be done, and that's the way, and like you said, you broke up and it didn't work for other reasons, nothing to do with that, but that, you know, you guys had a great sex life because you were on the same page, and you got to do things, and your wife wasn't judged for it, and I think that that's great. I'm trying to wrap up the call. Well, thanks for having
3: <laughs> me on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's
2: yeah. uh, when I wrote you, I didn't expect to be invited to speak, but, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun, and... Uh, you know, it, hope anybody didn't mistake uh, any of my comments for, you know, saying one society is better than the other or one thing is better. Because I think there's pluses
3: and minuses in both.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, guys understand, you know what I mean, that, that live in America. They know, you know. Uh, uh, but, you know, I love when—I mean— you know, a lot of guy people write in. I love when my listeners write into the show. But because you gave me, like, all that back history, I was like, oh, I have to get you on as a guest. Because, you know, people love to hear about people's lives. Like, you listen and you listen to all these people. Now people will get to listen to what you did. And when you wrote all that stuff that you've done, I was like, oh, my God, I have to have them on the show. So it was a no-brainer. So thanks for calling in.
2: Well, thank you, too.
1: Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Keep listening. Okay. Okay, bye.
0: Bye-bye.